right. Well, I'm going to have you stand today. Let's stand together. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Just, just to give you some information, some of you know who Frances Lateau is. She's been in our church for a long, long, long time. I say it long because she's 95 years old, and she's right now, they've just called the family in. So let's pray for that as a family as they're going through this moment in their life. And then yesterday, uh, one of the young moms in our church, Vanette Roadhouse, she went in for uh, surgery. They found that she had an infection behind an eye, grew into an abscess, and they were concerned about her losing her vision. And so they took her to Calgary. And we have, I, I've been in dialogue a little bit with Jason, but I don't know the actual outcome of the surgery. So let's pray for the Roadhouse. Some of you know them as well. Maybe you're here this morning and you have a need in your life. Let's just lift our hands to God. You know, the Bible says casting all our cares on him because he cares for us. So Lord, we know that you love Francis and she has been such a delight for so many years in our church. Taught her kids, taught her women. Lord, she has been an amazing godly woman and we honor her, her father. And we pray today, even as she's getting ready to slip into your presence, we pray grace and comfort to that family right now, Father. And then we think of Vanette, Lord, as she's gone through this great challenge in her body and her life, uh, young mom, little children, and Jason, and it, it, there's just so much going on there, Father. And so we just commit them to your grace. I pray, Lord, that out of your abundant grace and mercy that you would touch her body, that she would come out of this experience whole, healthy, and her faith strengthened and her confidence in you deepened. And we thank you for that, Father. And we pray for all of these needs. Lord, we recognize as human beings we have limitations and weaknesses, but you care about every situation. And so we commit our way to you, Father. And we pray for Pastor Darren as he comes and shares. Lord, anoint him and use him and make him a channel of your blessing to our church at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. A uh, number of months ago, Patty said, you know, our ladies' event is coming. So some of you ladies should know this. We have a ladies' event tomorrow night, and I think it's $15. And it's just a great night. There's vendors, and they have a lot of fun. So she said, I'd like to bring in a speaker, and I'd like to have Andrea a coin come. I said, that's beautiful. I like that idea. I said, if you're going to bring Andrea, then why don't we just bring the whole family? So we invited the whole family down because uh, Darren and Andrea served on our staff for seven years, and were such a blessing. Yes, amen. And then they... They were in Fort McMurray. They went back to Fort McMurray, and they've been back there for five years now. So, uh, you know, it just it's amazing to me how time slips by so quickly. And what a blessing uh, Darren and Andrea were to so many people in our church family. So, Darren, I'm going to have you come and share God's word. Let's welcome him. Thank you, Pastor Paul. Wow, what a morning so far. Um, well, what's going on here? Technology letting me down again as soon as we get up here. Yes, it's just such a privilege uh, to be here. Uh, thank you, Pastor Paul, for the invitation, uh, not just for Andrea, but for all of us. And um, sorry, this is really wacky here all of a sudden. We will figure this out. I will close it and open it again. That solved nothing. Okay, we'll roll with it. All right. Smaller font, Lord help me. I got new glasses coming in the mail this week. They are progressive lenses, so you know. <laughs> getting older time, as you said, is slipping by. My vision is getting worse. And uh, 
uh, but I do see all of you, most of you anyways, and uh, just a blessed uh, time for us to be here. I said to Pastor Paul, words cannot express, honestly, um, how much my heart has been warmed being here and seeing you guys and seeing so many of you. Um, seriously, this, this is just amazing to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Paul, and whoever was in the decision-making process to have us here. Um, we are just so blessed to be here. Um, this morning, I'm going to be speaking a message Matthew in Matthew 25. You can turn there uh, for a moment. We're going to have it on the screen in a moment. The message entitled, Waiting Well. Waiting Well. And uh, before we get into the scripture, though, uh, but you can turn to Matthew 25. Uh, one of the things I've been joking about in the last uh, little while leading up to our coming here and uh, reminiscing a little bit, and, and when the word got out that Andrea was, was speaking at the ladies' event, I got a text from Brother Ken Mecki and said, um, Pastor Darren, I heard your wife is coming. You're coming too, right? And I said, actually, yes, I am. I'm coming uh, to speak. And uh, oh, awesome. That's great. And so uh, I got thinking, and I, I remember back to our time when we were here. Um, one of the things I remember, of course, playing a lot of music together with Ken and others, and I was a part of the worship teams for a lot of years. And it was cool to see Andrea and Curtis and Bron- all these awesome musicians. You guys have a great worship team, by the way. That's how re- it was really good. It was really good. Um, Anyways, I remember playing a lot of music with Ken, and I remember after some of this, this time spending together playing music, we'd go to the cafe after the service, and I'd be sitting at a table with, with Ken and Sterling, Larwells, you know, Sterling, and they would be sharing hunting stories, these hunting buddies and all their hunting stories, and I'm going, man, that sounds amazing. I said, man, guys, I, and I started dropping hints, man, I'd love to go hunting someday. And uh, I just got no one that's ever invited me to go, and and uh, they weren't picking up what I was laying down, you know, and they just, they would go on with their hunting stories, and every year would be new hunting stories. Every year would be new hunting stories. These guys are not picking up what I'm laying down. I was, That's okay, whatever. Uh, picking on you, Ken, there you go. I told you, I told you you'd be part of the illustration. So anyways, uh, this year I decided I'm tired of waiting around for someone to invite me to go hunting. I'm just going to go hunting. I'm going to figure this out, right? So I went through a process, got my hunting license, got my firearm license. I just figured I'd just go and do this. And uh, anyway, so I'm saying also to say I'm leading up to a point here. And uh, this September, I was in church on a Sunday morning. I had no plans to go hunting the next day, but I ran into a fellow in our church, and uh, I get talking with him, and, and uh, I said, Brother Dell, uh, do you ever, because he owns some land south of Fort McMurray, but an hour south of the city, and I said, do you ever see any deer come by your property? And he's like, actually, yeah, they're, they're coming through right now. Uh, and he's like, why? I said, well, you know, I'm just thinking about, Going out hunting. So, well, hey, you can go at any time you want. I have a tree, tree stand and a blind up in the tree stand. Anytime you want, just go ahead. Well, that's awesome. That's great. So the next morning, I decided, eh, I'm just going to drive out there and check it out. I've never been hunting before a day in my life. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go out there by myself. I'm going to bring my rifle with me. Sorry for all the non-hunters. All the one who's got a real, you know, I apologize to everyone who gets squeamish on this stuff. But anyways, um, I decided to go out there. Uh, so I drive out there 8 o'clock in the morning and grab my rifle. I'm walking along. I find the tree stand, climb up the tree stand, look out. There's a deer right there. I'm like, are you serious? Okay, well, maybe I'm going to give it a couple minutes to see what happens here. And the thing just starts walking closer towards me. I'm like, well, I guess now's the time, right? So I line up the rifle. Bang shot the deer, and just and by the Lord's help, because I'm not, you know what, I've been to the range. I couldn't hit 200 yards to save my life. I hit that thing, and it just dropped like a sack of bricks. I'm going, wow. Within five, honestly, I literally just got there, climbed up the tree. Within less than five minutes, had the thing shot. 
Why am I saying all this? <laughs> I, although I don't know anything about hunting, I'm completely new in it, I know enough to know this. I could be hunting for years for the rest of my life and not ever have something happen that quickly. Five minutes, done. In fact, before the day was, before the day was out, that thing was butchered, wrapped up, ready to go. You know? That doesn't happen. In fact, I read on a forum, uh, uh, you know, because how do you learn how to hunt if you've got no one to teach you other than the Internet, right? So I'm on these Internet forums. And um, read one form. This poor fellow, he'd been hunting now for a number of years, been out 30-plus times, never even seen a deer. I mean, he now got nothing. I'm out there for five minutes, and bang, you know. So why am I saying all this? You know, sometimes God blesses us, and he just blesses us with something. You don't have to wait. He's just, here's his favor. So I'm out there. I'm thanking the Lord. I'm like, thank you, Lord. This is incredible. Like, I, what are the odds that this would happen? Thank you, Jesus, right? Like, I, 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 wow, most people don't have that fortune. Sometimes God blesses us and doesn't, you know, we don't have to wait forever for the blessing to come. But how many know that it's not always like that, that we need to wait sometimes, right? It's long suffering. It's a long wait to get the things that we're hopeful for, right? And uh, that's usually the way it is in life. And usually the things that, the best things in life we say are worth waiting for. And, this, and that's definitely true. So Matthew 25, we're going to jump into this. Lord, help me to see this, this font. Here we go. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here comes the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us, uh, both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. And later others also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. I want to pray before we go any further. So, Father God, thank you this morning uh, for your great grace in our lives. God, thank you that you are worth waiting for. Your blessings are worth waiting for. God, your timing is worth waiting for. God, help us today, Lord, sometimes in our waiting, Lord, that we will not get sidetracked. God, we will not get distracted. God, we will not, uh, uh, you know, push ahead of your timing to do our own thing, but God, help us to wait well today, to wait on you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today, God. Thank you for what you are doing in this church family, God. What a blessing it is to be part of God's people, Lord. So we pray all this in your awesome name. Amen. Amen. Well, it was probably a good thing that the Lord blessed me on that hunt that day because really, I'm not a person who naturally, who here naturally loves waiting? Any crazy person here? No. <laughs> Most of us don't like that. It doesn't come natural to us. Most of us naturally, to some degree, are impatient to various degrees. Isn't that true? It's very true. Now, I've been out hunting since that first day, and I'll tell you what, I ain't seen nothing. Well, I did see one thing, and I blew my chance. But, I mean, it's not so easy, is it? It's not so easy. I told this story in the first service. Um, 
Sorry, Ken, picking on you again. Or for, oh, not just from Ken, but from others. Uh, I was heard, I heard, learned about this place down in, in, in Idaho called Coeur d'Alene. It's a real nice place, and I was always told about it by Ken and others. It's a real nice place, great place to bring your family. You got theme parks and, and water, you know, water parks and to, real touristy place. So a couple years ago, we had a chance to go down there. It was fabulous. And we're at the water park one day. And I seen this person walking by with these chicken tenders, and they looked like the best chicken tenders, like chicken fingers type of thing that I've ever seen. They looked like just straight from heaven, straight down. They were glowing like God's, you know. <laughs> it was amazing looking at this, right? And uh, Andrea remembers this because, she, anyways, I thought, well, Andrea, I'm going to go get some chicken tenders for lunch. I'm hungry. Those things look amazing. I got to get me some of those. And so I, I found someone and said, well, where'd you get them? Though They're from the shack over there, whatever. Okay. So I go over there. And there was a bit of a lineup, but I figured oh, I'd be worth the wait, right? We're talking about waiting. Well, and I'm waiting and waiting. Half hour goes by, 45 minutes, an hour. I was an hour and a half in that lineup before I got back to my family. You remember this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened to you? <laughs> you know? I come back with these chicken tenders, and you know what? They were just okay. <laughs> they, they were just, eh, okay. They weren't bad, but they weren't great. It was not worth the wait, let me tell you. Not worth the wait. Waiting is one of our big problems in life, I would suggest today, in our culture, which is a culture of expediency. We want things done now. We don't want to wait to save up to purchase this item or that. We charge it on our credit cards, right? We don't want to wait for the properly cooked meal. We, we nuke it in the microwave. And we're all guilty of it to some degree, in various ways, right? But I think, you know, sometimes God calls us into some situations and we find ourselves in a position of waiting that can be very difficult. Isn't that true? We're waiting on God's timing for something in our lives. Maybe we find ourselves in a situation with our families personally in our own lives or some other thing. Or you know of someone and they're waiting for answers, waiting for God to come through, waiting for someone else to come through. And it can be very, very difficult at times, maybe weeks, maybe months, or even years. We're waiting on the Lord, waiting for something to come through. And I would suggest today that if we don't wait properly, in the way that God would have us to wait, we can run into some trouble. I was reading a while ago about the attack the, uh, about, uh, on Pearl Harbor from the Japanese fleet in, in December 1941. And what I was reading was kind of suggesting that uh, the American base, naval base in Oahu, that they were kind of uh, just sleeping at the wheel, so to speak. They were just kind of lackadaisical and not really concerned about, even though there was rumblings about what might be coming, they were just taking it easy. And, and in fact, when the Japanese uh, uh, air fleet kind of flew over, started flying over the island, they just thought it was American planes. They never even stopped to validate, you know, to fact check, is that true or not? They didn't do it. And they just figured, oh, whatever, it's probably just the, you know, our guys, right? Of course, it led to a disastrous situation. You know, there's something about intentional, watchful, prep, uh, prepared waiting that I would say is, was lacking for the military during that time and it proved very costly. Same thing, I, I believe, as well, when it comes to our lives, uh, you know, that a laid-back posture in our waiting, a lackadaisical type of waiting, sometimes we too can experience consequences that can be deadly for our lives. I think that true waiting on God 
is not just a lackadaisical sitting in a chair, just... There's an act, it's, a, it's an active posture. You know what I'm saying? It's an action. Waiting on God is an action, not just a lazy thing to do. <laughs> okay? Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Seeking God and waiting on God go hand in hand. I don't know if you can have one without the other, to be honest with you. Now, how many know that if you're seeking something, truly seeking something, that's going to require a bit of effort. Isn't that true? Right? I joked around in the first service. Sometimes if there's something in the house I'm really trying to find, man, I'm opening this drawer, opening that cupboard, opening this, opening that. I can't find it. I'm putting a lot of effort into seeking it. And then my wife goes, Darren, you're using your man eyes. It's just right there. Right? How many got man eyes here? You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not the only one. (laughs) But seeking takes effort. Right? Waiting on the Lord actually takes some effort. (laughs) It takes something, you know, from our souls, a conscious action decision to wait on him and to seek his face. Psalm 37, 34 says, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. A while ago, while reading through Jeremiah chapter 48, Jeremiah is prophesying against the nation of Moab. He says a couple things in the chapter that stood out to me that kind of goes along with this a little bit. Um, He says, since you trust your deeds and riches, you too will be taken captive. And then in verse 10, he said, a curse on anyone who is lax in doing the Lord's work. Now, what I'm thinking is just this. Sometimes in our waiting, sometimes um, waiting for, for God to do something, we often take you know, things into our own hands, and we start trusting in our own deeds, in our own works, and doing things that God never asked us to do, never required us to do, you know what I mean? And, and God says, no, I want you to be patient. I want you to sit here. I want you to wait. I got something better for you. We can get ourselves into trouble in not doing the Lord's work or what God would require us to do. Interesting. Of course, we can think of some you know, examples in Scripture of this, and we know the story of Abraham. God called Abraham, showed him, this is what I'm going to do for you. You're going to be the father of many nations, right? Wow, what does the Bible say? That, that he believed on the Lord, right? He believed God. He trusted, he believed him. And God said, you know, it was credited to him as righteousness. Somewhere along the journey, of course, Abraham got impatient, waiting on God's timing, right? We know this. And created a whole mess of the, of the situation. Um, he ended up sleeping with his wife's, uh, you know, servant Hagar, and then they had a, a kid there. And if you don't know the story, and and then that kid, there was rivalry in the home, and it got really messy. And you can go read it yourself. So he he got impatient with God's timing, even though he believed God. We see it in the life of Moses, even where the Bible says that you know he believed that he was going to be Israel, uh, Israel's uh, deliverer from from Egypt, and so he took matters into his own hands and killed the Egyptian. What were the consequences of that? He was driven into the desert for forty years, right? Sometimes, in our impatience, we're not waiting well. Perhaps we can get ourselves into some situations, taking matters into our own hands. Today, though, I really want to focus on the parable of the ten virgins. And uh, we read it a a moment ago. Um, But what we really need to know is that the parable just, you know, you kind of need to read it with the other parables surrounding it in uh, in Matthew 24. First of all, we have the parable of the thief found there in Matthew 24. 
Of course, well, it teaches us that while we are waiting, we need to be watchful uh, in doing so with eager expectation because the coming of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, it says, right? When, when we're not expecting it, that's when he's going to come. So be, be ready, be prepared, be watching because you don't know when he's coming. You guys know that Christ is coming back for his church, amen? Do you know that? Do you believe that today? That's true. He is coming. And then we have the parable of the two kinds of servants in Matthew 24, verses 45 to 51. We're going to read it. I think we have it on the screen, yeah. It says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant who mas- whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Basically said, when the master returns, you better be doing the right things. Right? Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and eat uh, and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he's not aware of and he will cut him to pieces and assign him to the place of hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is harsh language. Wow. So we see, you know, in this, in this scripture that, you know, you have a person who's called to do something, called to serve in such a way Basically, when the Son of Man comes, when the, when, when the kingdom of God comes, you better be found doing that thing in which God has asked you, entrusted you, called you to do, right? That's what will make God happy. So while we wait, I would suggest, friends, in our waiting, if we're here today and we're waiting on the Lord's return, which we should be, we should be watching, eagerly awaiting his return, saying it could be, I don't know about you guys, I said this in the first service and I really mean it. The older I get, the more I'm just longing for the return of the Lord. God, come now. Come, Jesus, come. Take us now whenever you're ready, you know. <laughs> Amen. He's coming back. But while we wait for our Savior's return, perhaps while we wait for answers to our circumstance, our troubles that we are going through, and we're waiting on God, amen? We're waiting on him, and while we do that, we too need to be found responsible doing the right things, just as we read in that parable just then, right? Whatever God has called you to do, whatever he's asked you to do, you know what, you can say, well, Pastor Darren, I got this going on, I got that going on in my life. I know we all go through seasons, hard seasons sometimes, right? But guess what? We, can, we too can persevere, right? You know that, right? You, you are called to persevere, even through troubled times, right? You can do it. God is with us, amen? He's for you and not against you. He can help walk with you through those troubled times. That you too can be doing the right things, being responsible to the things God has asked you to do and entrusted you to do, even while you wait on him. And we have the parable of the, the ten virgins, which we started off this message with. And again, the theme continues of watchful preparation with the ten virgins, right? And of course, the ten virgins were, in this story, the bridesmaids who were invited to the wedding celebration. Half of them uh, deemed wise, and the other half were considered foolish. And many of us, you know, we, we, we don't quite understand because we're not in a Hebrew culture of the wedding ceremonies and celebrations and how it works. Just quickly, Michael J. Wilkins, he writes this. He says, following typical Jewish marriage customs, a groom left his parents' home, 
with a contingent of friends to go to the home of his bride where the nuptial ceremonies were carried out. And after this, the entire wedding party formed a processional to the wedding banquet normally at the home of the bridegroom. And so these bridesmaids were waiting for the groom to come get them for the wedding banquet and apparently were waiting for quite a while and there was a significant delay and so they fell asleep, right? Um, They all fell asleep. You know, the difference was, you know, five bridesmaids were prepared and the other five bridesmaids were not. The scripture doesn't condemn the ones who felt, you know, they didn't condemn them for falling asleep. They condemned them for, the, for not being prepared, for not having the oil. I don't know if you caught that, right? Um, again, that preparation. Five wise bridesmaids took oil along with their lamps. The other five didn't. Of course, we see that this proved costly for them in this parable, because they missed the opportunity to get in on the wedding feast, which, of course, in this parable, it's about the coming of the Lord. So this is serious business saying, that, listen, if you're waiting on the return of the Lord, if you want to be with him and his you know, uh, celebration in, in heaven with him, around the marriage supper of the Lamb with him, guess what? You too need to be ready, right? You need to be doing the Lord's will. You need to be just not lackadaisical in your waiting, just not you know, laissez-faire in your waiting, but you need to be busy doing the things of the Lord, right? That's what it's saying. Um, Now, friends, this doesn't mean that we need to be perfect. I want to throw that out there, right? Pastor Darren, I don't know if I'm doing a... Well, listen, nobody's perfect, but I tell you what, if God is telling you to do something, go do it. If you sin and fallen short, repent. Get back up. Keep going. Get your eyes on Christ. Keep moving. Amen? Keep moving. Keep walking with the Lord. God's got enough grace to get you from where you're at to where you need to go. Keep your eyes on him. Hallelujah. Stuart K. Weber, commentator, uh, the NIV commentary that I have, he says this about the bridesmaids. He says, although they wanted to participate in the celebration, the foolish bridesmaids, they displayed a lack of respect for the bride and bridegroom through their neglect of their responsibility to come prepared. They demonstrated their uh, unworthiness of the honor of participating in the celebration. The faithless will not enter heaven. By their lack of preparation in this life, they reveal a lack of respect for the Messiah. How a person sees Jesus is the key to his or her eternal destiny. And he goes on to say, the five wise bridesmaids demonstrated their respect and love for the bride and bridegroom by coming well prepared with oil to keep their torches burning throughout the procession. And similarly, the faithful will enter heaven by their preparation and readiness and respect for the bridegroom that readiness implies. So again, when it comes to waiting on the Lord or waiting, whatever it may be, for his coming, for his, his rescue, for his, his provision, excuse me, for his, um, his, his, you know, whatever it is we're waiting on God for, I would suggest we need to be prepared. So how so? How do we be prepared? Well, we already established that we need to be watching, right? Again, in all of these parables, uh, in Matthew 24 and 25, one of the big themes is watchful, waiting, eager anticipation type of waiting, right? That we are ready for the coming of the Lord. We are ready for his uh, provision, that we're ready for his answers, that we're ready for him. Because guess what? I don't know about you, but I want to be ready when God shows up on the scene, right? I want to be ready to go. I want to be ready to do what he wants me to do. I want to be ready to receive what God has for me, whether it's in eternity or here on the earth. So we need to be watching, paying attention, 
while we wait, eagerly expecting God to show up. Um, it's also interesting to me as I read the scripture that Jesus uses oil as the thing that represents the preparedness of these bridesmaids in this, in this text. Now, of course, oil simply is the thing that would help light the lamps in the text. But some of us know that oil is also a representation in the scripture of, of a number of things. But one of the things is the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You guys know that? Now, I'm, I, I might be stretching this a little bit, but I would suggest this. That guess what? If we're going to wait well, we need to have the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit actively engaging in our lives in order to wait properly before the Lord. Okay, okay I'll speak for myself here. Some people say true. Some people are with me. I don't know about you guys, but for myself, I've, I've found myself at different times in my life waiting on the Lord for something. I cannot do that without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in my life. I couldn't do it. I needed at times to cry out to God, to get alone with God. God, fill me up, strengthen me. God, I can't even do this on my own. Lord, help me to wait on you for your timing. Lord, help me to do what I need to do. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit's help. I can't do it. So we need that oil to strengthen us, to fill us, I would suggest, so that we can wait properly on the Lord. Now, a massive part of this, I think, as well, and we sang it this morning, and and God is so good, and, and as Andrea was preparing the music, I mean, she didn't know what I was speaking on, and, and um, you know, the song, Waiting Here for You, boy, does that ever go in with the message here today. Um, I think a big part of waiting on the Lord is learning how to worship through the waiting. Learning how to worship through the waiting. God, I don't understand what's going on. Lord, I don't know where the answers are. God, you even seem far off sometimes, but I choose to worship you. I choose to praise you. You are deserving of all praise. Amen. Pastor Paul said it this morning. Hey, we come into a place like this, you know, different stages of our, of our walk with God. Some of us are grieving. Some of us, are, you know, have situations. And we're going, some of us, everything's going well and we're, we're, we're happy. And, uh, but you know what? I think we can. We can. It's hard. But we can worship God through all of it. Right? We can praise God through all of it. I remember when I was here on staff years ago and Pastor Paul, God bless you, you know, it's like I, he, he preached through the whole book of Job. And I, I thought, dear goodness, I probably could preach three sermons out of the entire book of Job. I don't know how many you preached, but it was, it was a few. But it was really good, by the way. You go on, I'm not saying that to knock it. It was really good. I'm like, really good. Well, why am I saying this? You know, the person of Job, you know, the Lord gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job continued to just bless the Lord. And even through the hardship. Most of us have not gone through what Job has gone through, right? So we can make that choice. But you know what? To worship while we wait. You know, some of, uh, some of you here today, and there's a lot of familiar faces and, and some, uh, oh, hey, Kevin. <laughs> Another familiar face. Um, some of you guys know our story. Many of you don't, though. And I was debating whether I would share this, but it does go along with the sermon here, so I figured I would. But um, before we even showed up here to Red Deer, the, the, when we were uh, living here and on staff here, yeah, Andrew and I, we, we struggled for many years to have children. And, in fact, it was seven years of marriage before we had. Now, some people, we know infertility is a thing that people struggle with, right? And, um, and, and hey, I know some very, god, very, very godly people 
who have not been able to have children. And God just, for whatever reason, you know, he's kept that from them. And, and, and they've been faithful to serve the Lord powerfully after the fact. But we struggled in our own journey to have children, and we, we were praying, and nothing was happening. And, um, and so we went and got a bunch of tests done to figure it all out. And it came to a point when we basically had a doctor, well, not basically, the doctor literally said to Andrew and I, uh, no, you don't have any chance of having children outside of some kind of in vitro for, you know, that kind of a thing, right? So naturally, it's not going to work. Just get that out of your mind. And Andrea had more faith than I did at the time, I think, and she just said, well, we serve a big God, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that works, right? Um, of course, both of us were not good news to hear. We're both devastated about that. And I remember one day uh, hearing this news, and I just needed to go and cry out to God. Talk about worship while you wait. Talk about doing these things. And, and, and listen, God hears the cry of our hearts, whether we're a loud person or a quiet person, okay? You don't have to be a loud mouth like me to reach God's ears, okay? But I will say this. Sometimes, whether it's just cathartic in and of ourselves, I don't know, but at least for me, you should try it sometimes, just crying out to God with a gut-wrenching cry, Lord, I need you, you know? Sometimes there's something about that, all right? But anyways, I knew this is what I needed to do after getting this news, and where am I going to go? I don't, where am I going to go to do this, right? I go home. We had borders at the time. I got no privacy there. are going to wake them up or bother them. That's not good. I'll go to the office. Well, I can't go to the office. There's too many people around. You know, people are going to need me for this or that. So I found a place behind the grocery store in the bush. There's no one there. I'm going to cry out to God there. No one's going to hear me there. That's what I did. Worship while you wait. You know, worshiping God, crying out to God, surrendering to God in the process, amen? If you're waiting on something for the Lord, I would highly suggest just surrendering to God. Say, God, have your way, and I trust you in this process. Of course, if you don't, well, some of you guys know me, but the end of the story was God did bless us with three children, for those of you who don't know. Um, naturally, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. They kept coming. We had to, we had to put a stop. To, sorry, I should. <laughs> too much information. TMI. All right. Both my wife and I are only children. So three is a crowd. Let me tell you, it's 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 a wonderful blessing, though. Our children are awesome. I came across this quote a little while ago. And I think it really rings true that, you know, waiting is often the thing that God uses to help form us into the people that he's, he's wanting us to be. The character that he's wanting us to have, you know what I mean? It's often the tool that he uses. And we get so impatient sometimes. Kristen Tab says, I don't know if I have it up here, she says this, Regardless of whether our waiting feels easy or hard at the moment, how we wait is shaping the people we are becoming. Worship is essential to that wait because a Godward perspective helps us to persevere with patience and hope. Endurance, Paul tells us, produces character. And character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. We know that scripture. Many of us know and know the scripture, of course, um, Isaiah 40. And Andrea, if you don't mind coming at this time, that'd be excellent. Those who wait upon the Lord. You guys can probably quote it, some of you, right? 
Well, I have it up there, so there's no excuse. You can't quote it. Here you go. Those who wait upon the Lord, let's say together, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. But again, sometimes we read this and go, well, wait a second. I feel kind of weary. I feel like I'm fainting. I don't feel like I'm running and I'm waiting. But my question to you, and, and I don't know your circumstances, but are we waiting properly? Are we just lackadaisical sitting on a chair, just not... Again, remember, proper waiting on the Lord is, in, is not a passive thing, but an active thing in which we seek the heart of God, amen? And while we worship Him and cry out to Him and truly seek Him. And it's only in that kind of a posture where God begins to pour in His strength, pour in His, His Holy Spirit, that oil that we need, just as we talked about earlier. And there's been things in my life that I would never have gotten through unless the Holy Spirit did His work like that. It's certainly true that, a, that we all go through difficult things, things that are difficult to en- endure. And my question for you today is, are you waiting for something? Are you waiting on God for something? And we're going to end here. Are we supposed to end 1230? Oh, good. We're doing all right. <laughs> um. I think most of us here to some degree are waiting on the Lord or waiting on something from either God or a family member. There's, there's an element of waiting. Maybe it's the Lord's return. Maybe we're just longing, looking forward to his return. Right? Or maybe it's something different, something we're waiting on, you know, here on the earth. And I did this in the first service. I'll give you one second to think about it. Are you waiting on something in your life? Are you truly like, I'm waiting for this God to reveal this to me or God's answer to this prayer or I got this situation and I'm waiting on God for this? Is there something in your life you're waiting on God for? Who here would say, just by show of hands, just being honest, I'm waiting on God for something. Yeah. Most of us. You're in good company, friends. Right? Now, you all raised your hands. That's good. Most of you did. I'm going to read one more scripture. And then we're going to pray. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 and 40 is kind of another similar scripture as we read earlier. Jesus says, be dressed and ready for service. Friends, in your waiting, I'm not a military guy. I don't know, Len, if you're still here or what. Be dressed and ready for service. We serve the King of Kings, amen. Come on now. We serve the King. We need to be dressed and ready for service. But it says, keep your lamps burning. Remember that oil, right? relying on the oil of the Spirit, relying on the Holy Spirit, that we would keep our lamps burning, waiting for the Master to return from a wedding banquet so that when He comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for Him. It will be good for those servants whose Master finds them watching when He comes. Truly, I tell you, He will dress Himself to serve and He will have them recline at the table and He will come and wait on them. Wow! It will be good for those servants whose masters find them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. So this morning, first of all, if you've not given your heart to Christ, 
You need to know that Jesus is coming back for his church. You even have an opportunity even here this morning or this afternoon, I guess now, to give your heart for Christ. Say, I want to be ready. I want to accept Christ in my life. I'm going to pray for you this morning. But also if you're here and you do know Christ as Savior and you find yourself in a posture of waiting, I want to pray for you that you would wait well today. Amen? Can you stand to your feet today? We're going to pray. Can you all, I just, I know it's a weird churchy thing sometimes, but can you all just close your eyes just for one moment? And if you're here today, I want to just give you an opportunity even to accept Christ into your life. And you've heard these stories about the coming of the Lord here today. How he's going to come like a thief in the night when we least expect him even. And I don't know here today who who would say, you know what, I need to give my heart to Christ. I need to get right with Christ. Eyes are closed all over the building. And I don't know the procedure here in church. But, you know, if that's you, would you just slip your hand and say, "I I want to get right with Christ this morning. I know I need to do that today. I want to pray with you real quick, pray for you. Yes, I see a few hands here. Yep. Yeah, hands in the back. Yep. Amen. Now I'm going to pray. Pray along with me. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to come and make me whole. Save me from my sin. Come on, you can pray this. If your hand is up or you need to do this, even if your hand's not up, if you need to do this, I invite you into my heart. Save me from my sin. Forgive me of my sin that I might know you more and I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Help me to serve you and honor you with my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, if you've prayed that and mean that all heaven is rejoicing right now that you've given your heart to Christ. Amen. I'm going to give the mic to Pastor Paul in just one moment, and if he needs to give any direction on that, that'll be cool. But one last thing I want to pray. Those of you who had your hands raised, say, you know what, I'm waiting on something from the Lord. I want to pray for you right now. And if you raised your hands, can you raise them up again? I'm going to pray right for you. Representation, our need for God. My hands raised up with you right now. Father God, you see all the hands raised in this place right now, Lord. We are raising our hands in acknowledgement of our need for you. God, we are a needy people. And Lord, right now, we, 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 we are just being honest to say, God, we are waiting. But God, we need you to help us to wait well. Father God, I pray that you would pour in right now that oil of your spirit, Lord, to strengthen and encourage, God, and to lift up the Lord, to know that you are not done, God, that you are still coming, you are still on the scene. God, you still have answers to our questions, Lord, solutions to our problems, provision, Lord, for the lack. God, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever hope for or imagine. God, that's who you are. So God, help us to wait on you. Give us strength, Lord, in our waiting. But God, help us to seek while we wait. Help us to look to you, to worship while we wait. God, that we would not be passive in our waiting. God, for every brother and sister today, Lord, help them to wait well. In the name of Jesus, I pray today. Amen and amen. Thank you, everyone, for paying attention to me. Pastor Paul, thank you for having me here. Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you, Darren. Appreciate that amazing word.
want to encourage us, if you have never made a decision for Christ, or maybe you have in the past and you want help in your spiritual journey, because it's more than just a decision. It's the beginning of a journey. And you have to do it with other people. And so we have contact cards uh, either in the pew or at the guest area. If you'd go there, they'll give you a contact card. Fill that out because we'll contact you and help you begin this journey. We'll give you the materials you need. We'll give you assistance to grow in your relationship to God. How many think that might be important? So it's not just a prayer, folks. That's the introduction. It's the beginning of a journey. And uh, that's why I like saying I'm a, now a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a verb. It's something we're doing. We're, we're actually doing something. Okay? Amen. I want to pray too. I would like us to close the service in prayer this morning. I know we've prayed a lot, but it's good for us. You know, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew. I'm going to say something. That word renew in the Hebrew word, that literally means to exchange. How many here, you have either sin, brokenness, sickness, discouragement, despair, whatever it is in your soul, how would you like to exchange that for God's forgiveness, mercy, strength, grace, goodness? How many want to make an exchange? It, it, does, it seems like an unfair exchange. Here, God, I'm giving you my garbage. I'm receiving your blessing. But God says, if that's what happens when you come to me. Isn't that a beautiful, that's why I love that verse. It's a beautiful verse. So let's make an exchange. Let's leave here today. We're dumping the junk and we're receiving the blessing of God. Are you up for that? Let's open our hearts. Father, right now we open our hearts and souls to you. Some of us, we need to exchange our sinfulness for your righteousness. For some, it's our sickness we want to exchange for your health. We want to exchange, Lord, our brokenness for your wholeness. Lord, we want to exchange our folly and, and uh, doubt and despair for your wisdom and grace and strength. And Lord, I just pray today, as we make this exchange with you, as we've waited on you today, as we've come to this place, Lord, may blessings flow into our lives and into the lives of those we love. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you leave this morning.